This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends and co-workers get together and we find a questionable coffee or a strange coffee or every once in a while we get lucky with a really great coffee and we commit to giving it no bad reviews and we learn a little bit of history about the coffee because nobody wants to listen to a 10-minute podcast where we just try coffee. <laughs> I'm Jenny, and I run all of the operations at a coffee company. And I'm Marcus, and I'm an award-winning coffee roaster and have a palate that is as sharp as a tack. And I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the year yes. at Modest Coffee. Fuck yeah. Wow, you keep upping the ante. Well, because my coworker Teresa, is trying to show me up this month and let's just see if she can keep that up for six more months or seven or whatever it takes to be the employee of the year go ahead Teresa, give it a shot yeah you've earned it the year and actually i believe that your technical name uh, now is colonel stephanie thank you yeah thank you for recognizing the proper respect that you deserve thank you yeah i would follow you into battle (laughs) and the coffee company is our sponsor modest coffee that's That's where we all work yes today i don't think we have any clarifications that's fine you know listeners you can help us out here too. clarify for us you know we can't do everything here for you (laughs) yeah guys step up Jeez. yes if you have a clarification if we've said something that you're like uh yeah no or you're like oh i've got something i'd love to add to that just send us an email at hello at no bad reviews podcast.com also i thought that the royal cup episode was so fun if you have a really fun coffee story go ahead and send us an email and tell us your story and Maybe we will start another segment called Time to Make the Story Time. <laughs> or something. Or something. We're working on the title. Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Story Time with Jenny. Aww. Um, so yeah, I think it would be great. I loved hearing Derek's story so much that I would love to hear other people's stories too. So yeah. I don't care what it is. If, if it's fun and meaningful to you, please send it in to us. That'd be yeah. great. Then maybe just write the pilot on the back of a $20 bill and... Mail it to Modest Coffee in West Chicago. Um, Our new segment, Time to Make the Bacon. If you want to buy merch, that's on our website. We have a little store tab. If you want to support us on Patreon and get a bonus episode um, every week, today we're going to be making some... Marcus is... I won't be participating, but Marcus and Steph are going to be trying out a couple of coffee liqueurs and seeing if they can come up with Mm -hmm. a fun summer drink. Making a craft white Russian for sure. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, with these craft um, liqueurs. So uh, you'll have to tune into Patreon to find out more. That's oh, shit. Did I give it away? I said it's going to be amazing. We don't know. You know, we don't know. That's true. That's yeah. true. You, you're going to have to you're tune hoping in to find it, out if it's amazing. Well, you're hoping <laughs> it'll be amazing. But, I mean, it's love it or leave it. So you may find that you want to leave it. Maybe those coffee liqueurs actually really suck no matter what you try to do to them. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. We actually We're don't know. We're willing to find out. Mm-hmm. 
patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod and if you just want to like help us out with a little bit of cash which we would be so grateful for you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash no bad reviews pod and there's no commitment there that could just be a one-time deal we haven't had our first one yet if you want to be the first one to buy a second of a coffee <laughs> we'll give you a shout out right here on this episode Ooh. Ooh. on the future episode okay all right up in the ante people want to get their name out there yeah, we could like it could be like selling advertising space. Yeah. Okay, right now we're brainstorming. Live <laughs> brainstorming. Yeah. Give us a name. Give us to some read. money. Give us a name to read. Buy or give me like a right. business you want us to read. You got an Instagram handle. Like, look, we're we're selling ourselves here. Right. This is your segment. This is how you don't can Our bacon is your advertisement. Like you could advertise <laughs> and give your money to Zuckerberg. Or you could advertise here and give it to us through buy me a coffee slash no bad reviews pod and we will give you a shout out whatever you want us to shout out we will even say i like to lick butts if that's what you want us to say <laughs> we have over a dozen listeners so you're really gonna get your name out for real for real yeah oh like and least. one fun thing that i started doing on patreon is listing people on our website and giving them a fun compliment so if you Aww. have supported us on patreon you can go see what kind of compliment we've given you because we think you're the best. Aw. Yeah. Love it. There's some, nice. yeah. Anyway, All right. Bacon I've got some really fun, I have some really fun compliments um, to give people. So I can't wait for more people to sign up. So I can <laughs> My grandpa used fun. to give me a compliment. He'd be like, you're a fart smeller. I mean, a smart feller. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, grandpa. <laughs> this is the same grandpa when Marcus would say, how are you doing, grandpa? He'd be like, well... I got one foot on a banana peel and the other in the grave. <laughs> what a fun guy. I know. <laughs> right. And then he died like 15 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it took forever. Was it a banana peel? That... <laughs> yes, it was. A tragic incident <laughs> with a banana peel. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, yeah, me too. It's okay. Uh, our coffee today, I don't know if anybody else has been... I Marcus said he has, and I can't remember what you said. You have not been? No. This Cometeer Coffee Pod Company, I have been advertised to so much um, on social media. And finally, I was like, fine, I'll click on your ad instead of clicking hide ad. And it's like these aluminum pods, and they are frozen concentrated coffee inside an aluminum pod. It seems super gimmicky to me and super weird. So we decided we would do it because it's they're clearly doing a ton of um, advertising and trying to get like their name out there. So I thought maybe other people might have seen these ads and were wondering, what is this coffee too, just like yep. us? We'll take the bait. Yeah, we'll take the bait. You know what? That's what we're here for. We're here for bait. Advertise us anything that's kind of strange. We're going to buy it and put it on our podcast. Um, so here's some free advertising for you, Cometeer. I hope you remember <laughs> us uh, one day. Modest coffee. <laughs> They've got the greatest hits with an asterisk, and then like they could have the greatest hits, the complete edition. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they, um, yeah, I don't know how, they actually are not a coffee roaster themselves. They partner with a bunch of different coffee roasters. Um, we bought a variety pack of four, so Steph's going to tell us a little bit about the variety pack and this company, and it just seems, it seems like too much to me. So we bought, I bought this pack, and I think it's normally like 65 bucks, and it has 
four coffee companies with eight pods, I think, in each one. And it comes on dry ice because these pods have to stay frozen in the mail. And then it's in this giant box. I mean, all of it, it just felt like too much. It seemed like way too much effort for just like... How many cups uh, of coffee? It, what would that turn out to be? 32? 32 cups of coffee. So 50... So what would that be? Like... It was $2 a cup? $64, 32 coffee pods, $2 a cup. Yeah. And it's only, I think it said eight ounces to brew it. So that's correct. That's how we are here now. I mean, shelf stability. I mean, you're, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's frozen in the freezer. It seems like a lot of, it's it's like coffee with extra steps. But that's, you know, that's just on yeah, its surface. Yeah, that's what I mean. A lot right. of, a lot of a lot to just get to a cup of coffee from a really nice coffee roaster like the amount of effort that's going into this feels unnecessary the amount of effort the end result of that is that you at home have to put in exactly zero effort Uh you don't have to grind any coffee you don't have to worry about like getting the water temperature right or getting the the ratio right like you can it's an instant coffee you pour hot water and it Mm. should be if you pour exactly eight ounces of hot water it should be the absolute perfect cup of coffee is that what they're they're marketing is that claimed that's what they say yeah Ooh. yeah so it's almost as convenient as instant coffee but there i what they're trying to say is that the flavor is worth the fact that you have to keep it frozen. Yes, it should taste like a ten dollar pour over that you would get in a coffee, a good coffee shop. Mm. But mm. it's very little effort on your part. All of that packaging, including the little aluminum cups, is recyclable. Okay. And I think it's like actually recyclable, not like Green Day coffee recyclable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um this is let's just be clear, yeah. This is not a coffee company. This is a coffee tech company. Oh, another one of those. Okay. And they can afford to market to everyone because they have $100 million in venture capital. Venture capital again. Strikes again. Wow. To just fuck around with. Well, we know a lot about this because Marcus's previous job at a tech startup had I'm very so much money and venture capital money. Very familiar with the the valley and where are they headquartered they are headquartered uh in palo alto (laughs) not where you would think i love the guessing game it is in massachusetts okay and i had to like oh wait wait bethesda no that's That's maryland Maryland. (laughs) i know nothing i had to check the pronunciation because i knew that there's no way that people in massachusetts were saying gloucester oh i know that gloucester 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 Gloucester. Google yeah. said Gloucester. Like, what was it? Worcester? It's spelled like Worcester, but it's pronounced Worcester. 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 Yep. Worcester. Worcester. I yeah. knew a guy from Worcester. He was scary as fuck. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> was he like super Boston? He was like, so Boston, and he was like Boston Mafia. Oh, His shit. dad was Boston Mafia, and he was like... Are we going to have to cut this? That, well, everybody's Boston Mafia. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. I don't I want anybody coming after the podcast. Yeah, no. I, I don't want to know his I name. I can't believe this guy would still be alive. And I can't <laughs> remember his last name. So I think we're totally in the clear. Right. Totally in the clear. Wow, okay. So, uh, hey there, Massachusetts. 
<laughs> I didn't know you had venture capitalists and tech companies in Massachusetts. Oh, boy. Yep. Money knows no bounds. So of their executive team, how many of them went to Harvard? Yeah, or MIT, Princeton, Berkeley. Uh, of the two founders, one of them is the smart one who went to MIT. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And right. one of them is just like a crazy idea guy <gasps> is it- who just like reaches out and goes for it. Maybe he was just like a rich kid who has never been told no. <laughs> and so he's comfortable just like going for it. Or maybe he's just got that kind of personality that he's like, well, why not give this a shot? Right. But okay. he's a go-getter for whatever reason. Does yeah. he have deep pockets to go get? Okay, I'm going to start the story now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that, so as long as you got somebody from MIT, you got somebody you could like keep the idea guy like in check. Like that's what, that's what the investor, the warm and fuzzy the investors need. They like need somebody who can help them hit their numbers and do quarterly reporting and all that shit. So, all right, cool. So okay. we've got it. We've so, got the, we've got the dream team. The dream team. <laughs> There's one more member of the dream team, but I'm not going to give it away yet. So, Matthew Roberts, he's like the official founder of the company. He's the idea man, the idea boy. He, in 2021, was one of Forbes magazine's 30 under 30. Oh. The company was founded in 2015. So the oldest he could have been when he founded the company was 23. Oh. Wow. And so he's the, he's like the mad inventor. Yes. He's the one who's going to have... 12 patents for every 1,000 be successful. Maybe. Okay. Or maybe this is just his one idea. Okay. Cool. <laughs> his first idea? Yeah. I but, think okay. I think his first idea might just... Be his only. He yeah. Hit, he I hit think he big young. Really lucky. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, he studied... I do love like a young entrepreneur. I think it's really cute. I, I'm really torn between like hating capitalism and being totally fascinated with this kid. This mm-hmm. like kid who can do anything. Yeah. I like it. He was at Bentley University in Massachusetts studying computer science and economics. That sounds rich. And he he spent a semester abroad in Spain. And he could not find the kind of coffee that he enjoyed drinking anywhere in Spain. His preferred way of drinking coffee was a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee with extra cream and extra sugar. And he preferred it when the ice melted a little. So he's in Spain and he can't find the coffee he wants. And then his second coffee problem is that he sleeps late, he rushes to class, he just, he cannot get his shit together enough to brew coffee in the morning, which is fine because he doesn't want hot coffee. He wants lousy iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) But he figures out a way to like solve both of these problems by making coffee whenever he has time to and freezing it in ice cube trays. So then in the morning, he puts some coffee ice cubes in his cup and he adds cream and sugar. And like as it melts throughout the day, he drinks this coffee. So this is how he survives semester abroad in Spain. Um, he comes back to Boston and he wants to start up his own business because he's graduated. And I guess that's, that's what millennials do. Is he Gen Z? I don't know. To, to the Gen Xer in me, this is just like crazy. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to start up my own ice cube coffee business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But he has this idea that if this is so easy and convenient for him that other people will like it. And he's like kind of working on this idea of like frozen coffee cubes. And that's going to be his business. Like, you know, that's just like dumb fucking enough to work. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You're about to be even more disgusted. <laughs> this is so great. He goes to a coffee conference in Boston, and he takes a sample. Do you think he was at SCA? Possibly, yeah. The one that we went to? Maybe. <gasps> is it the one where you met George Howell? Yeah. Yes. Was he at George Howell's party? I, he probably What if was. we met this kid? <laughs> <laughs> what if Do we... you remember a 15-year-old at that party? <laughs> <laughs> he knew who George Howell was, walked up to him at this coffee conference and gave him a sample. Wow. And George Howell was impressed enough with this guy's shtick that he tasted the coffee and spit it out. (laughs) It was so bad. He just like spit it right out. You know what? When we met George Howell, I could see that. (laughs) He seemed like a pretty no-nonsense kind of guy. Yeah, George Howell's got a lot of opinions. Yeah. um, For those of you who have not memorized all of our previous episodes, um, so George Howell is like one of the grandfathers of third wave coffee, right? He Mm -hmm. was light roasting single origin coffee in like the 70s. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's old school. Like if you go, we keep going back in these episodes, it's like 1979 is like a year Late 70s for coffee, and he's of that generation of OG specialty coffee guys. So, yeah, he spit it out. He spit the coffee out and said it was terrible. (laughs) But something about this kid made George Howell want to help him. Was it the Forbes article 30 under 30 that he read? It was. That was. (laughs) <laughs> this was years before the Forbes This article. was 2015, right? <laughs> yeah, 2015. Is that when you were there? No, we were uh, there 2018. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, he got to George Howell way before you guys mm. did. No, actually, we were there 2019. Mm. George Howell ends up helping him, like, giving him the coffee to practice with so he has actual, like, decent coffee to Love be it. using. And then also lots of tasting, lots of advice, lots of, like, trying to help him perfect this. I did notice that George Howell, on their website, they have George Howell coffee. They do. Mm. And that's the coffee they started with. And that's the coffee that they first were using before they got these other coffee companies. And it was just George Howell coffee. Hmm. Um, The other partner, the other founding partner, is a guy named Doug Hoon. He was the father of one of Matthew Roberts' college buddies. I'm going to read through the highlights on (laughs) His LinkedIn profile. Okay. And you'll get an idea of like, I mean, he's clearly like a genius. Yeah. MIT trained engineer. He was a commissioned officer in the Army Corps of Engineers. He was the managing partner of a sporting goods technology company. Mm-hmm. A VP of manufacturing at a thermoplastics company. Director of operations for a fiberglass and carbon fiber manufacturer that had like aerospace and automotive applications. And then he was the director of manufacturing and engineering at a company that makes inferometric measuring tools and large Plano optics. I have no idea what you even just said. I had to like look up what that was and I still don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah. That's the level of genius we're talking, like nobody even knows what he's doing. Yeah. So he's like the safe bet that the investors love people like him. Yeah. It's like, this guy's good. He knows his shit. So it's well, between guy. him and George Howell. Yeah, exactly. Like, they'd yeah. Be a, like yeah. any investor would probably look at them and be like, "All right, how much did you want?" Right. So Matthew Roberts gets this product good enough that George Howell finally was excited about it. Does not spit it out. And, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's using George Howell's coffee. I certainly hope George Howell is okay with it. Well, you're still like 
making ice cubes and then thawing it and wanting it to taste freshly ground and freshly mm. brewed, right? Yeah. So he finally got it to a point where George was like, okay, this is good. And that made Matthew Roberts incredibly excited because he knew that if George Howell was saying it was good, then it really was. Now, was the name Cometeer, was that like what he named it from the beginning? Yes, and I'm not sure where that name comes from. Okay. Matthew Roberts, after George Howell approved it, just like ran up a shit ton of credit card debt to fund the what do you call the examples the um prototype prototype okay. okay yes so they took prototypes and set up a booth at the specialty coffee association expo in boston in 2019 that's hey. the one we were at there you go all right yeah you don't remember this product no i wish i had it did win the best new product award which was kind of a big deal wow okay yeah i guess oh. all the coffee snobs were like what the fuck is this because it looks like a k-cup Right? Yeah. It's like frozen inside a K-cup. And so the coffee snobs were like, this is stupid, which was the exact reaction I had when Jenny showed this to me a mm-hmm. week ago. Like, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when they saw George Howell's name all over it, they were like, okay, we'll try it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was like a huge success. Best new product award. Man, I wish we would have known him. We could have gotten in with that kid. Yeah. Damn it. Hmm. <sighs> We were too busy at the Fetco booth giving out our coffee on their new espresso maker. Mm. Yeah, I know. Anyways. (laughs) So then he needs investors, right? Like, he wins this award. He knows it's a good product. He's confident in it. Here's what he does. This is another just like crazy Matthew Roberts is crazy. Through LinkedIn, he sends a message to Bob Stiller. You know that name? No. Founder of Keurig Green Mountain. Oh, my God. Okay. Just, like, sends him a LinkedIn message. <laughs> yeah. I've got this really cool product. You should invest in it. He was the first investor. That's how they got their seed money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I have no idea how many millions this billionaire invested in this company. Wow. So once, I mean, once the Cora Green Mountain guy was involved and George Howell was involved... Like, now the venture capitalists are knocking at the door, basically. Like, he didn't even have to sell this coffee anymore. Like, people were coming to him. Oh, wow. How can we invest in this? You know what? This kid, the worst you're going to get is a no. And he's totally fine with that. He's not worried about a no. And he hasn't heard many of them, it seems like. Maybe he has heard a bunch of no's and we just don't know about them. That would make me feel a lot better. I mean, that's not the way he tells the story. Yeah. He's like... Mm. No, first first go. He just, but see, like, he knew who his target mm-hmm. audience was, and... He probably put a lot of thought into it. got this. it. I wonder if he also brainstormed with George Howell, like, hey, where, do you know where I could go get some money? George Howell's like, I don't know, why don't you check with Bob Green Mountain? Stiller. They got a bunch of fucking yeah, money. Fuck, he's like, you know who's got money? Bob Stiller. <laughs> I mean... Call that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of big investors, D1 Capital, they manage $34 billion in assets. They oh. lost 20% of their capital in the GameStop short squeeze. So oh, we shit. can enjoy that. Okay. Wow. And then another company called Graycroft, which is an Ellen Patrickoff project. He's basically like the grandfather of venture capital. He was like an early pioneer in the private equity industry. I bet at least one of those two companies has some real dirt. I bet they do. That if we had a longer episode, we could get into. I bet it's Alan Patrickoff. He founded Apex Partners, which is one of the oldest and largest private equity groups on the planet, managing Mm. $51 billion Mm. in assets. You don't get that much money without being evil. I I stand firm by that yeah. statement. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's where all of the money came from. And I think 
that they had like a little bit of money and a little bit of success right at the beginning and then like ran out of coffee and like mm-hmm. it took them a minute to regroup and make the company as big as it needed to be. So, I mean, it just took off so quickly. It took so, off so quickly. Did they get $100 million in working capital as an investment? Or yes. was it just like, okay, so what's their, do you know what their valuation was? I don't. Okay. And I think I read that they were not talking about that. Or okay. that is that public knowledge? They, they weren't willing to talk about the value of the company. Yeah. The terms are usually different. But generally speaking, they sell... 30% of the company, typically how it works. Oh, geez. Yeah. So this company is theoretically worth $300 million, like basically immediately. If I've learned anything, that's like funny money. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's like, it doesn't really exist. It's like on one paper. person says like, oh, we think you're, yeah, well, we figure you're worth this much. Right. Yeah. And that's, right. again, that's just typical. Like Green Mountain could have said, oh, we want to own controlling interest in the company by 51%. And so for $100 million. So then it's worth $200 million. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like there's yeah. quite a, a range that it could be. I wonder too. But typically investors do not invest unless they get at least 30%. So, I mean, that's basically what I know. He's got a lot of scientists working there from MIT, Apple, and Tesla. He spent a lot of time really perfecting how to freeze this coffee without damaging it. Mm-hmm. It's frozen to negative uh, 321 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's cold. It's like cryogenic. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. But so they just have to freeze it that cold. It doesn't matter that my freezer's like only right. zero degrees. It's that flash freezing okay. that protects the flavor. Hmm. This apparently. fucking sounds like something George Howell would, would say. George was, uh, I remember him talking about iced coffee and flash freezing versus like cold brew coffee and how like he felt flash cooling was better. So this you they met were working him that together. year yeah. that they were. Yeah. his thumbprint on it a little bit. They have a special way of grinding it, a special extraction process that supposedly is able to protect all of these flavors. I mean, we'll see. The proof I'm excited is going to be to in the pudding it. today. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious about it. I don't know that, I mean, I'm not excited to try it as like a coffee, but I'm excited to understand what's going on here. Hmm. Yeah. You might be more excited to try it when you hear about the companies that are involved here it's a really impressive list of coffee roasters that they're using we talked about um the packaging being recyclable that's really important to them we talked about the two dollar a cup price tag on this coffee which i think for something that you're making at home is a high price Mm -hmm. so it really better be worth it they have 110 employees and here's a fun fact their location is in the same building where flash freezing was originally invented. Oh, really? By the Gordon's Fish Company. Mm. Huh. They were the first ones to flash freeze. Wow. Yeah. Hey, there's a fun fact. So he really, like, it was important to him to be in Gloucester at this Gordon's Fish Factory. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. Cool. Yeah. So that's that story. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this coffee is. What um, if it's got a little, like, fish taint in it? <laughs> right, like they run it through the machines when Gordon's done with it. Like, yeah, we'll rent some time on our machine. I wonder if the K cup company is probably helping them figure out these K cup style things, mm. and then they flash freeze it in the K cup. Yes. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. So this is interesting. You can't pick and choose which company's coffee you're going to get. Oh, I did you, notice that. Yeah. You know, you order the coffee. They ask you like, how are you going to drink it? 
here's what we suggest and you get coffee from four different companies and you don't know what it is that you're going to get. So we got coffee from Clatch, Counterculture, Joe Coffee, and Equator Coffees. We got one package, eight, eight cups from each package, from each roaster. All of these roasters are, you know, the type... High-end specialty coffee roasters. Yep. yep. They're all concerned about sustainability and um, fair trade and all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. They're all on the right page with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have just a little bit of information about each of these companies. Um Clatch, founded in 1993 in Southern California. This is a family company. Watch the video on their website that tells their story. It's They're so... Cute and approachable and friendly. There are like lots of little jokey things on their website. You can tell they're like, they're like a fun family. Mm -hmm. Um, The dad, Mike Perry, founded the company. The mother and the little sister work there too. But Heather Perry, the oldest daughter, is basically running the company. Um, She's the CEO. Mike Perry is still the roast master, the green buyer, and the CFO. Aw. Aw, that could be like Kaya one day. <laughs> I just Kaya love you go right to the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one who has any interest in coffee. She's the only one I'm listening to. If yeah. someone's bossing me around, it's got to be Kaya. I mean, she kind of is has the right temperament for a boss. <laughs> she does. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Call her ugly. And she'll oh, yeah. call you an ugly bitch. Slap that. <laughs> <laughs> she takes shit from no one. This is going to end up like her friends are going to listen to this podcast and be like, ooh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing shade. Mighty things come in small packages. This is true. Um, Mike Perry, uh, his background is in chemical engineering, but he was passionate about coffee, loved coffee. (laughs) So there's this video on the website of him and his daughter, Heather, talking about the company. And Mike is being interviewed or talking in his office. And I just felt like this image in his office, like, summed it up. Like, it's a tiny office. There's no windows. There's no art on the walls. His desk is, all the furniture is, like, beat up 1970s furniture. You can, like, (laughs) see the scuffs on his desk. He's got, like, his cup of coffee. He's got shelving behind him that's just got, like, random shit on it. It obviously wasn't, like, made to look nice. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's just, like, nothing snobby here. They're just, like, we love coffee. Let us tell you about it. And they talk about how, like, if you are really into, like, a really special single-origin light roast, we've got that for you. But if you're hanging out with your grandpa and he wants his coffee with cream and sugar, we got you there, too. Like, we have what you need. They're just really great that seems so cute and sweet and i love it and i can really connect with that can relate mm-hmm. heather perry the ceo u.s champion and second place in the world in the barista championship wow also the chair of the barista guild of america and was the president of the specialty coffee association for two years God damn. damn cannot relate there yeah those are a lot of accolades she's the mother of three as well hmm I just, I really like this. I really like them. Looking at their website, I really like them. I like it too. And that's our light roast, that one. We got a light roast, two mediums, and a dark. This is the Jurg's light roast. And it's a single origin. And for some reason, I didn't write down where it was from. Did you say Jurg? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. a good chef. Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Jurg's like Y-I. Yeah. With a Z at the end? 
Yeah, that's it's probably, probably like just, their brand name. Yeah, but they probably just okay. call it that. Yerg is is a pretty prominent geographic zone in Ethiopia. It okay. sounds like they're probably doing like putting like their Southern California spin on it. Like this is our Yerg's, <laughs> okay. but it's like an Ethiopian Yergachev, but okay. with like a laid back Southern California like way to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yerg's, dude. Get yeah. Yerg's. <laughs> That's probably uh, exactly what it is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Counterculture is next. We're going to be drinking their hologram medium roast, which is a blend. They're I think ne- that's their, like one of their most popular. I see that at the stores mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one that I know of that name. Durham, okay. North Carolina. Durham, North Carolina. That's right. They're the largest high-end specialty roaster in North Carolina. Uh, founded by Brett Smith and Fred Who. They were allegedly, according to their website, the first coffee roaster to sell shade grown coffee. Is that possible? I don't know. I feel like know George Howell would Powell. take offense to that, but mm. we'll see. You know, I think all coffee is, is shade grown. So yeah. I mean, normally I'd... it grows in the wild in the shade. Yeah. I, I'm going to call questionable on that okay. statement because yeah. maybe they're the first ones who advertised they were selling shade grown coffee. But yeah, like there's a reason why it grows in the shade already, <laughs> yeah. like naturally. Yeah. Okay. Right. The Turkish uh, <laughs> would, be, would take issue from that. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Boudan has a bone to pick. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let's just say that history is not on their side. For that I, we're like laughing hysterically. And now I'm going to talk about how one of the founders died. That was like a bad transition. Oh. Um, Fred Hook passed away. A bad transition. <laughs> he passed away in 2007 at the age of 56. Aww. But I'm going to talk about him for a minute because he was a super interesting guy and I think his philosophy affected like impacted the company and the way they do things quite a bit. He went to the University of North Carolina, got a poli sci degree and a law degree, and then he wrote political articles for Rolling Stone magazine for a while. Hmm. Um I could only find one online and it was a huge mistake to read it because Ooh. then I went down this like ridiculous rabbit hole where I spent like two hours learning about like the genocide in Cambodia for no fucking reason oh, at all. Oh, like, that's yeah. a bad one. They don't grow do any with. coffee. In no, Cambodia. no. Yeah. It was a bad one. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, I read a couple of like couple of memoirs about it and it was a fucked up. Yeah, man. Like 25% of their population died in like 5 years. Holy oh yeah. Fuck. Oh my god, I it was mean, crazy. Fucking horrible. Jesus. They don't work grow coffee in Cambodia? I don't know. Probably Robusta. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I thought that they had Robusta there. Maybe. Okay. Not relevant to the story. So, Peter so, right Peter's a writer. Fred, Fred. Hook is a writer. For Rolling Stone magazine, and then he starts up the Chapel Hill Elderly and Handicapped Transportation Service because he sees a need that isn't being filled there. Cool. I don't know how he accomplished that. He was a birding enthusiast. He was super into birds, Mm. and (laughs) he was really... Uh, concerned by the like the decimation of the rainforest to grow coffee, and so that is kind of what led to them running the company the way they do. And yes, in his obit, it says first commercial coffee provider to introduce shade grown coffee to preserve the habitat of migratory songbirds. So, so I guess we'll get in touch with his estate. About so this. question Maybe. because there is a specific certification called bird friendly oh maybe they were the first bird friendly yeah and maybe he is like the guy that that i saw an infographic about this a long time ago of like shade grown 
rainforest alliance and like bird friendly and it was like the deepest densest shade that supported the most wildlife and that oh, was like bird friendly certified okay coffee. cool i do have bird the friendly best. in my notes here the best okay so uh, we just did a live clarification live clarification <laughs> good yeah. job yeah um he was on the environmental committee for the sca and he also worked with the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center and the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. He was like obsessed with birds and coffee just sort of went along with that. Then it's definitely because the Smithsonian is part of the certifying body of bird-friendly coffee. Oh. So, yes. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. You know what I'm kind of noticing a, a trend here is that all of these people are connected back to the SCA. So I wonder if like these companies are connected to George Howell, like... He knows the people at these companies, oh. and that's why these companies are involved with Cometier. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's what I think is probably personal George Howell connections mm. of how these people got in. That's my guess. Are all the coffee roasters on this connected to the SCA? Uh, I don't have anything under Joe Coffee for the SCA. Um, Equator Coffees, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to Well, Joe Coffees, my... like, I know that they are pretty involved in the SCA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, most of the notes I have on him are um, funnier. So Joe Coffee, 2003, Greenwich Village, New York. They currently have 21 cafes and a roastery in Long Island City. We're going to be drinking The Daily, which is their medium blend. It's currently a Brazil and Colombia blend. Um, that was founded by Jonathan Rubenstein. Uh, he is from Cleveland originally, was not into coffee at all. Uh, he drank basic drip coffee. For the caffeine, he had never tried an espresso drink of any kind (laughs) until he decided to start up this coffee company. Um, He was 32 years old, working in New York City. He had an office job that he hated and decided he wanted to just start up his own business, but he didn't know what kind of business. Um, A cafe just sounded like fun. A yoga studio sounded like fun. Oh, so this could have gone either way. Yeah. He was thinking about a day camp, maybe. What happened was he was like walking through Greenwich Village and he saw this location for rent and it had like an exposed brick patio. And he was like, that would be perfect for a coffee shop. I guess that's what I'll do. (laughs) So, you know what? That's like taking, that is like truly just letting life take you wherever, wherever (laughs) you're going to go. Coffee, that's what's great good and bad about the industry is that it, it really is like a catch-all for like everybody that has just given up on their like <laughs> n- yeah, yeah their normal like <laughs> hopes like, and dreams coffee. and everything that they hope yeah. for they're like you know what i'm gonna do I'm gonna go sell coffee yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the rat race. that's actually true i know yeah it's a that's the place that's how everybody ends up in coffee that's so weird <laughs> how is that the thing <laughs> You know, it's like it's the one it's thing that thing, brings you joy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the one thing that, like, your one highlight of your day in your miserable corporate <laughs> fucking job existence, right. existence right. is that cup of coffee. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is what I need. I just need more of this in my life. Yeah. And then I'm you're also like life. a hopeless optimistic, and you do a bunch of math on the back of a napkin, and you're like, I could make this work. <laughs> you know what it is? It is the van life version of being an entrepreneur. we just want to say fuck it all right (laughs) if you start a second coffee company i think van life is a great name for it we're gonna start it from the rv (laughs) 
Actually, that's actually a real dream of mine to sell coffee on the side of the road. Like a homeless person. If Uh people can like sell sadness on the side of the road, I'm sure I could sell coffee bags. I support this endeavor. Yeah. You want to come with? Mm -hmm. I do. I do. Yeah. We're just going to like tow a trailer behind the RV. We'll put... Precious in there. Yeah, we'll have our five kilo roaster. You and Precious in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Jonathan Rubenstein, his sister, suggested checking out Barrington Coffee Roasters. Which is nearby. It's not in New York City. I, I want to say that's in Massachusetts, too. So he went to Barrington Coffee Roasters because she said it was good. And he had his first espresso drink. Mm. And it, like, blew his mind. And um, it was the first time he had ever seen latte art. And that blew his mind. Like, the little design <laughs> on top of the foam. They, the company didn't start roasting until 2011. Up until then, they were um, using coffee from Barrington Coffee Roasters. Uh, when they first started out in 2003, Jonathan and his mom and dad and sister were the employees. They were the staff. Plus, one woman named Amanda Byron. She was from Seattle, and she'd been working at Barrington Coffee Roasters. She came in, and she taught them how to make coffee drinks, hmm. it, like on-the-job training. Oh, yeah. And they were only open the hours that she was available for the first six weeks because she was the only one who could make the latte art. And it was like six <laughs> weeks until the rest of them were confident enough to Aww. like oh, that's funny. do that it so when cute. she wasn't there. They were the f- supposedly the first third-wave coffee shop in Manhattan. Hmm. Hmm. Does that seem believable? Around then, 2003? Possible. In 2003? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Celebrities come in occasionally because of the location. Sarah Jessica Parker came in one day and said, I have this friend who makes cupcakes and she wants to sell cupcakes in your cafe. Would that be okay? And they were like, sure, send her in. Sure, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Amy fucking Sedaris walks in. What? (laughs) What? She would make these wacky cupcakes, and they never knew when she was coming. Like, sometimes she'd come, like, two weeks in a row with a dozen cupcakes, and sometimes they wouldn't see her for months, but she'd show up with these, like, ridiculously decorated cupcakes, and they would pay her $12. Per cupcake? No. For all of them? Per dozen cupcakes. Whoa! (laughs) That's so ridiculous. Was she doing Strangers with Candy at this point? I mean, it was, like, between acting jobs. So if she was busy, then she just wouldn't show up. (laughs) But if she had time off and she was bored, then she'd make cupcakes. And eventually <laughs> she decided she didn't need the $12, apparently, and doesn't, stopped bringing them in. Doesn't Jeez. she have some sort of a cooking show now? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought yeah. she had some sort of a cooking show now. Yeah. Isn't uh, it like it's a, on Comedy Central. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's like funny, but I think it's real cooking. No, I, I think it's no? like a um, uh, like one of those like wacky, like, I don't think it's real cooking. Oh, I think really? It's like like wacky kind of like alternate reality well, type thing. We will have to have a clarification yeah. later. Maybe a future love it or leave it. We could attempt to make some Amy Sedaris cupcakes or something. Why don't we just yeah. ask her to I send think, us some? I think she <laughs> just puts acid like in everything. This sounds really fun. Yeah. Okay. And then it's just I'll take an dream. acid cupcake. Yep. <laughs> but I don't want to know that it's in there because I don't want it to be a relapse. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you... Wait, if someone drugs you and you don't know it, then it's not... Yeah. Because it, like a relapse is like you intentionally go out to get like messed up. But that's why you can but take you, like medicine from a doctor. So I'm not saying like, like... I'm not telling you to dope me. I mean, it feels like I'm you saying, are. 
It feels like you're right. asking for it. Right. I'm just saying, if I ate a cupcake. If Amy Sedaris if, gave if, you if an she gave acid me a cupcake, cupcake and said, eat it, I would eat it. And if it happened to be laced with acid, <laughs> it might be kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. We've established that. That's canon. <laughs> so, Amy Sedaris, if you're listening, why don't you send us some Russian roulette cupcakes and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. How fucking dope would that be? Yeah. And send David along, too. Uh, we'll send just send David both to deliver them. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is fun. Mm. Our last coffee company is Equator Coffees. Uh, we have a dark blend from them, Mocha Java Blend. They use two coffees from Ethiopia in their mocha java blend, which is not typical. One is usually from Indonesia. You don't know. You don't know blends. Why am uh, I looking yeah, at you? I don't know. Um, you make, mix whatever you want. <laughs> are there rules? Telling, I'm learning from I, you right now. I guess there are guidelines with <laughs> okay. the mocha java, and it's usually an Ethiopian and an Indonesian. Okay. That's what I read. Sumatra is an Indonesia. One is a natural process and one is washed. So wait, it's a blend of two Ethiopian coffees? Mm. Yeah. A dirty blend. Washed I, and natural. I don't. You're a dirty blend. Uh, dirty blend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I would like to say that we are not a blend coffee company. No. And what we know about blends, I mean, we can do blends. You just make shit up. We just make shit up. We do make shit up. Yeah. But, but we, I think everybody does. Well, we don't follow any rules. <laughs> When yeah. it comes to blending, we right. just we just like what tastes good together. Yeah, that's why we don't do any right. blends. <laughs> we just like it's too the complicated. Individual, like how like how things are as they are. Marcus you know? is really into the terroir. Terroir, yeah. Terroir. Yeah. Well, as we established from last episode, <laughs> that's a fancy word. I'm a fancy word guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Equator Coffee is founded in 1995, Marin County, California, in a garage by three women. Brooke McDonald, co-founder and current chief production officer. Helen Russell, co-founder and current executive chair. And their very first employee, Maureen McHugh, who worked in the garage with them, is the current vice president. Aww. Aww. Nice. Yeah. Aww. They were the first. Do they have any colonels on staff? Stay tuned for a clarification. I feel like Maureen could totally be a colonel. Uh, they're the first California coffee company to be B Corporation certified, woman-owned, woman-run, also LGBTQ. Cool. The most interesting thing about them is in 2008, they bought a coffee farm in Panama, Finca Sofia. Hmm. In 2016, the first harvest from that coffee farm won a Good Food Award. Wow. Fuck yeah. In 2020, they were the Panama Cup winner, God first damn. place for their washed Gesha, second place for their Damn. natural Gesha. We talked about cupping scores in the last episode. The washed Gesha, 95 points. Whoa. The natural Gesha, 94 points. Hot damn. What was the record that they broke f- selling it per pound? I'm sure you've got that. Did you know that? No, they I did. assumed. The first place, the washed Gesha, set a world record at auction. Do you want to guess how much per pound? I'm going to say 600-ish. Well, I'm going to say more. I'm going to say over $1,000. It's $1,300.50 per pound. Wow. As Arden would say, sheesh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Probably went to somebody in Singapore. 
Oh, it was China, I think. Mm -hmm. I didn't write that down, but my recollection is China. It's one of the best coffee farms in Panama now. Fucking A. That's That's great. They have um, nine cafe locations between LA and San Francisco. Their roastery is just north of San Francisco in San Rafael. I read an article once about insanely expensive coffee in the coffee world and about how these insane coffees like sell for $1,300 and then a cup of coffee is like $200 per cup or something insane like Mm. that. And just like how unethical that is, that coffee is fetching that kind of money. I don't know. I'd have to find that article, but it was a really interesting read that I'm not saying one way or the other because I think that these coffees, there's two sides to every story, you know? That's how capitalism works, though. It's like, you know, when you have something that is objectively the best and everybody wants it, the price goes up. That's how economics works. Supply and demand. But when you're selling these kind of coffees for these, uh, these prices, given like the financial inequity of the world, are you becoming then a part of the problem instead of... Well, I would think that, like, nobody would argue that, yeah, you're part of the problem, but also, like, this is the world that we live in, so I don't know what to do about it, because if somebody wants to pay you $1,300 a pound, do you say no? Yeah, I don't know. You know, if you put in all of the effort to make the best coffee in the world and did all the work, and somebody says, I think it's worth this much, and you say, well, no, I think it's worth one hundredth of that... I feel like it's not necessarily spending $1,300 a pound on the coffee that's a problem. I feel like what then happens to the $1,300 is the bigger question or issue. Like who actually produced that coffee? And are those people seeing... Like, like the do they get a bonus, right? Like, I would hope so. Well, and they're B corporations, so hopefully. So hopefully. They probably yeah. get some sort of a stipend, but is it an equitable stipend? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it like, oh, well, because the cost of living down here is less, we'll give you like a little bit, but, you know, we're going to keep most of the profits to right. ourselves. Do you because know how we live in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. Do you know how expensive <laughs> it is to have an apartment in yeah, exactly. San Francisco? <laughs> and I'm not saying that's what these people are doing, but it's just, this is basically like a conversation about these high-priced coffees in general. Yeah. Um, not this coffee company specifically. I, right. I, I think that, that it just becomes a, an argument either pro or against capitalism at that point like that's that's kind of the the name of the game yeah but i feel like that is like what capitalism defaults to they're like well it's money so we well, should be fine I like with Steph's it idea what do you do with the money that you fetched i think that that's more important than the money itself like high prices are not necessarily a bad thing if they're equitable with their workers and like, hey, you guys did a great job. You get this bonus. You're the reason that we have this coffee to begin with. And then that's a good thing. Because the other alternative is they could just go get a job at a fucking any coffee farm and get exploited. Like, okay, so a lot of the top lots and the highest selling coffees are coming out of Panama. So you may look at it and be like, oh my God, there's millions of dollars going into Panama. And I don't think that it's trickling down. This is also not like a Panamanian owned employee-owned farm Mm -hmm. growing this coffee either. This is like some white ladies from San Francisco who own now the farm in Panama. So, Right. I would hope that they are bringing their, like, Northern California conservative values down to Panama. And, like, we're going to take care of all these employees and we're going to make their lives so much better. I would hope. Um, I mean, it certainly... Are those conservative values? You said conservative values. I mean, that's, like, California conservative. Like, conservation 
Oh, you're talking about ecological not like conservation. Like politically conservative. Right, not politically. Okay. Right. Um, you know, their website certainly makes it seem like on the, they're on the right side of this, but um, that's their website. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, we looked at ourselves and there's nothing wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong here. <laughs> so, um, cool. Well, yeah. that was good. Yeah. That's a good story. Shall we brew some coffee? Fire that bad boy coffee boiler up. Fuck yeah. All uh, right. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! We're back, and let's do an olfactory reveal. Okay, so... Smells like frozen. <laughs> we, have four diff- <laughs> we have four different coffees here. I just opened mine. I've got the Clutch coffee at, in hand. I thought that I would just open it, and there'd be like a little puck in there, and mm-hmm. I would just dump that puck into my coffee mug. Oh. But what I'm finding, so it's cold. It's very cold. It's very cold. <laughs> um, and it's aluminum, so that cold does transfer... But it's stuck in there. It's like an ice cube tray, but it's a little metal tube, so you can't... I think you're supposed to run warm water over it to make it come out easier. Yeah. I do smell... Actually, I do smell... Yeah, you I can, can smell, smell it. Like it does smell really strongly. Yeah. Um, well, we don't... Supposedly, these are 10 times the strength of an average cup of coffee, what's okay. in this pod. So you can add eight ounces of hot water. You can add eight ounces of cold water. Um, you can use it to make a latte. You can pour it over ice cream. There's a word for that. Affogato. 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 Oh, they say 0.89 of an ounce. So with that, adding it in. Okay. Nine ounce cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. Let me go grab a bowl because now we have to defrost these before we can do anything with them. Oh, so. mine's spinning oh, mine's, around in yeah, there. mine's out. You just have to hold it and love it in your warm hands. Yeah, I get minute. frostbite in the process. No. That is super thick. Um, I just, I jumped out the, um, the daily from Joe coffee and I'm just going to like stick my finger in here and taste the syrupy bit of coffee that's left in the bottom of the pod. Oh my God. Ah, ah, too strong. strong. Very strong. All right. What I did was I held the pod over this little glass carafe and started weighing water while pouring hot water on it Mm. in an effort to defrost it. Great. Okay, so you can also put these in your K-cup machine, which I find hilarious. Like, supposedly, you can run it under warm water to loosen it from the sides, put it right into your K-cup machine, and brew it like a regular K-cup. We're about to try this. What we have found... Ah, ah, fuck! Oh, do not pour burning hot water into the aluminum. Okay, so I tried to clear out the aluminum because there was that residue in there. So I filled it with hot water and then it started burning my fingers. Are you okay? Mm. I'm okay. Do you want to hold a cold one for a minute? I think because my fingers were already frozen that it just defrosted them. So I'm okay. Okay, good. Right. But I just want to say that so far this is not as simple as a packet of instant coffee. Yeah, right. no, certainly it's a little not. Dangerous. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a danger element too. It's kind of fun, <laughs> you know. It's like fire and ice. Um, <laughs> I what we've learned in previous episodes with the K cup machine is that it does not make a hot cup of coffee. It makes a lukewarm cup of coffee. And that's run through regular room temperature coffee grounds. Right. So if you're running K cup water 
through a frozen ice cube of coffee. I do not believe that it would actually melt this ice cube. So I think that in in fairness, we should try what we did last time, which is run the K-cup twice. Uh-huh. You know, get the really hot water so that we end up with hopefully a lukewarm cup of coffee. Hopefully a lukewarm cup of coffee. <laughs> That's the goal. All right. So I know this is supposed to be for the person on the go, but I am having a little bit of a hard time feeling like this is going to be easier than making a cup of coffee because I still have to heat the water. Right. And I still have to pour the water into it. Right. So if I'm pouring, say I'm making a pour over, I still have to heat the water. Right. And then I still have to pour it in the filter. Right. And like, I guess it did melt pretty quickly. But then like, if you're factoring in in the time, like uncool it from the side, open the package. I mean, I guess you don't have to grind it. Right. But then you figure the cost. Like if I'm a rushing college student. Right. This is not feeling to me like this is saving me any time. Right. It almost feels like it's a little bit more. It feels like it's like extra steps. It's like more effort. Like if I just had a bunch of coffee concentrated in an ice cube tray, I could pop one out and go kind of like that kid was doing. Right. That seemed like it made a little more sense. I mean, it would only take a second to run it under warm water. If you are in the habit of drinking these, you get up in the morning, you take it out of the freezer... 30 minutes later when you're ready to make your coffee, maybe it just dumps right in. It's more work than instant. I don't think that making a pour over is so much work. Yeah. Like, I think it's silly that we're, like, too fucking lazy to brew coffee. (laughs) Yeah. It seems kind of silly to me. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe this was, like, this started out as an idea to, to be convenient instant or whatever. And what it is now is just maybe something else entirely. Or are they but still what, marketing it as a more convenient way to they get coffee? are still marketing it as extremely convenient. But also a big part of the marketing is that it's a really exceptional cup of coffee, which is not what you're getting from an instant coffee. Although we've seen with Hula Girl that it's not necessarily a terrible cup of coffee. Right. But it's not like what you would expect from a high-end pour-over style cafe cup of coffee. So they're marketing this as an exceptional cup of coffee. Well, let's look at it this way, though. The flip side to that is if you're somebody who already is into specialty coffee, my guess is that you've already kind of explored all of these different coffee brewing methods. You have one that you enjoy. You're already used to like the ritual or whatever of brewing yourself a pour-over. So is this marketing i mean it seems like they're marketing to the specialty coffee drinker but i don't know if they're meeting the needs of a specialty coffee drinker Mm. i don't know very many specialty coffee drinkers who are like man my pour over just takes too long every morning (laughs) it sounds like this was started by a guy who goes to dunkin donuts and drinks his coffee boston style Mm -hmm. doesn't really give a shit or didn't give a shit at the time he was just more concerned about convenience and now he's trying to market. And then to George like a, Howell came along as like, no, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. But do you think uh, even George Howell's drinking his coffee like this at home? Do you think this is his preferred method? He's now like been shown the way of Cometeer. And he's like, this has revolutionized my life. I've been waiting 40 years for this. Yeah. I mean, maybe. So that's the question. But like, I mean, honestly, do you think that. Does that's, it solve? Like, does it make a better cake? Does it turn a cake up? 
Does it fix K-Cup? But what do you think of somebody who's looking for a K-Cup? Somebody who want, likes instant coffee or likes K-Cup coffee is looking to spend $2 a cup. You know what I mean? Do you think know. that they really give care that much about specialty coffee? Yeah. So much so that they're going to go through the effort of getting one of these. So many people that I know that make specialty coffee love the ritual. That's part of getting the coffee the way that they like it. The individualistic the needs are met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. Um, one of the arguments or one of the one of the marketing points with this, I guess, is that it's hard to get a perfect cup of coffee at home, which I like, I don't think is true. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think, think you're that's just dumb. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that, like, that sounds like some pompous coffee snob philosophy. Like, oh, you're just a home coffee brewer. <laughs> you don't know how to do it like a professional does. Yeah, I can And feel then, that. like, do they also have the palate? To really, like, discern the differences between, like, a barista-level coffee and their own. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of experience and a lot of just knowledge of specialty coffee to be able to taste the difference between two different pour-overs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think most people who are making coffee at home are happy with the way they make their coffee at home. Yeah, I think They so. don't need yeah, somebody coming like in broken. and telling them that they're doing it wrong yeah. when they're happy with it. I feel like they're trying to solve a problem for a group of people. And I don't they're trying think... to create a problem. Um, Matthew What's-His-Face, the inventor of this whole deal, I mean, for him it was a problem. It was a problem in his personal life that he couldn't get his boston style coffee but he did he but solved that goes it back just by to... brewing coffee and freezing it right so but that wasn't good enough for george howell right who right. didn't have a problem who didn't have he's <laughs> 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 like no 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 i still don't drink this but you're doing it wrong which is like seems to be like a very george howell thing to do like this isn't for me but you're still doing it wrong <laughs> Um, how should we taste these? Should we go lightest to darkest, do you think? Because the lightest one is ready. Yeah, light and a medium are ready. Yeah. yeah, let's try the clatch. So I can say by looking at it, it looks like a fresh brewed cup of coffee. Ethiopia, Yurgachev, washed. It smells really good. Light roast, sweet notes of lemongrass and lemonade. It smells very, very specialty. It does. Yeah. It tastes like a freshly brewed. I think it tastes good. It's like the perfect temperature. Yeah. It does taste good. It's mm-hmm. good. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Clatch is a winner for me. I like clatch. Yeah. 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 No cream, no sugar. It's good. No black. It's good. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. I'm glad we, I'm excited that we have like four specialty coffees to try. I yeah. know. <laughs> right. It's great. Right. Yeah. I mean, so far I think it's good, but I don't know if it's, I mean, okay. If you want to try a bunch of different coffees, that's kind of nice is that you get four different specialty coffee roasters. Already made for you, I guess. I'm going to jump ahead by saying who this coffee could be for because Mm -hmm. I can see how... What if you work in the type of office where the only coffee available to you is crappy K-cup machines or just like crappy coffee There's lots of offices that that just have a K-cup. Right. So you could throw one of these in your bag or your lunchbox every day and have a decent cup of coffee at work. Like I can see how that would be useful without you having to go to the trouble of like grinding coffee at work. Like mm-hmm. I like not at home. At home is one thing. Yeah. But on the go, you I mean this works for like a specialty coffee on the 
go yeah that's anywhere. true mm-hmm. yeah it's so context if have, matters if right? you have access to hot water wherever you are right, right. or you're or you just keep a all of these in the freezer at your work. Yeah, right? that's true too. And that's it. I'm just With this your is name what on. I drink. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or remember when we took a, when we've taken road trips before, and you know, like we've made pour overs in the okay. car. So like with reservation. Pour overs in the car? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? No. Yes. I am serious. Awesome. Nobody's done that. You haven't. No, like inverted auto press <laughs> method. Like you know. Oh, remember that time we were on the train yeah. and we had to like that actually. Okay, I found a great solution. If you are somebody who rides the rails and you're on the Amtrak train and you're trying to brew an AeroPress or a pour-over. Very precarious. And then the train hits a little bump and your fucking coffee falls all over you. That's a real mess. Hmm. So this is and embarrassing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is really good for that situation. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfect situation if you are somebody, if your job is as a train conductor... This is the perfect. Yeah. These pods are good to go for 24 hours. You pull them out of the freezer and you can keep them with you for 24 hours before they lose their quality. Okay. I was curious about that because I wasn't sure if they need to be kept frozen. Do they get refrigerated? Because they can thaw. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like when you when you brew coffee, it's got a finite amount of time before it starts breaking down and it just tastes like acrid. Right. You know? Yep. And I assume that that's like this coffee is already like brewed. Right. So it's, I assume that that's a risk. 24 hours, they say. Okay. Um, I have a friend who's pregnant. I was thinking about this as a gift for someone with a new baby. There's somebody who like doesn't want to grind coffee because it'll wake up the baby. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the fucking time. Just wants to crawl out of bed and make a cup of coffee. I feel like there are people and places where this would be good for if you're in college and you're too lazy to make a fucking pour over then i don't know go fuck yourself but (laughs) i think there are other times and if you're in college do you have 64 dollars to spend on 30 cups of coffee exactly yeah you know that's crazy so it feels to me like this is a coffee that is trying to solve a problem that i don't know if it exists but because it's there we might be able to find some uses for it. Yeah. There yeah. are some situations where it would be really convenient. So, like, today, after we are done, we'll split these little cups up. Ooh. And I will probably keep them in the freezer and th- maybe put them in the RV, a cu- grab a couple for the RV, potentially. I don't know. We don't mm, boondock that often. This really nice. Which one are we drinking? This is the hologram. The counterculture. Counterculture. Yeah, it's good. This Make is a, good a medium roast. It looks mm. good. Yeah. I almost like this one more. Than the Jurg from Clatch. Mm. That's very, very nice. Yeah, this one's really smooth. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to try all these different coffees. The fact that they're frozen makes them so much less convenient than your average instant coffee. Yeah, it just takes a little bit too much mental effort, I feel like, that I don't know if I would ever go through it. And yes, the packaging is recycling, but there is so much fucking packaging right. for mm. 30 cups of coffee. Yeah. You know? It's like, I don't know, even if it's recycle recyclable, I just, I'm not a huge fan of how much there is. This so. company could probably make money because they're throwing $100 million at social media advertising right now. And, you know, they'll probably get their legs. They'll probably grab some portion of market share, but I just can't see this working out as like a staple of somebody's, of most people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, it's... Sure, fun for the podcast. Can yeah. we try the next one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, as far as like 
flavor, quality. It's great. Yeah, I'm really impressed. Yeah. Really right. pleased. Yeah. This is the Joe Coffee. It's the Daily, which is their, like, I don't know, kind of basic brew. It's delicious. It's really tasty coffee. Yeah, I mean, they've done a really great job partnering with some very excellent coffee roasters. Yeah. yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. You know what? I think you should actually just send a bag of, send like the fancy little sampler gift box with a nice card mm-hmm. to this guy. Oh, yeah. I'll well, maybe shoot like him a LinkedIn message. Out, you should send him you a LinkedIn message. You know what? Message. You should totally <laughs> take a page out of his book. Hey, my guy. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. And then hey, tell notice it. you had some really great roasters, but not all of them. <laughs> and uh, I'll send him some, him some frozen coffee that I made <laughs> on oh. ice. Send what? this dry ice package Why right do- back to him, like yes. return to sender. I was about to say that. Fuck yeah. And open it up, and it'll just be a bunch of K-cups taped back together. <laughs> With your coffee With coffee inside. frozen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got a plan. <laughs> oh, I love that caffeine kicking in. Yeah, I like the I like the Joe's. Joe's is good too. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. I'm trying to get caffeinated though. It is hot, and I that was another concern I had. Like when you pour hot water over this uh, super frozen negative 300 degree ice cube, is it gonna mess up the temperature of the coffee? But it's enough boiling water that this is still too hot to drink. So yeah, I, that was actually my concern too. But I like the quality of the cup, like the individualistic nature of them. Like each of them is very distinct. Mm -hmm. And I think it is preserved and they've done a good job. Like the flash freezing. I'm a believer. Yeah. Yeah. The flash freezing, I did have concerns too, but it tastes tastes the same. I mean, it does just taste like a fresh brewed cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say that, you know, going back to, I feel like we have enough experience for sure to distinguish like a well-brewed cup of coffee. And I feel like this is... Really well brewed. Really tasty. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. George Howell. Believe it. You've done good. Yeah. All the, that's funny. All the credit to George Howell and none to the kid. What's his face? You yeah. Know, he just yeah. had the idea. I mean, the, right. what tastes good here is definitely George Howell. This Joe coffee is really good. Same thing. Really smooth. I'm not like, none of them are bitter. None of them so far have like any distinctive flavor notes except for the yoga chef the other two mediums don't really have any distinctive flavor notes they're just a great cup of coffee yeah well like a nice smooth well-rounded they're blends and they're all gonna kind of have that like chocolatey accessible coffee flavor yeah and they're medium on the darker side of medium so they're just like roasted coffee flavor with a little bit of bright acidity in the joe that i like but it's good like there's no i don't no bitterness in any of these so far. Yeah, no. I think the um, the counterculture is my favorite so far. Yeah, really I could good. see you liking that one. I'm like knowing your what coffees you like. That was like a very accessible coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I think the hologram had a that snub. had a little. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean you don't like the tangy acidity right, right, right. forward coffees, which Joe has a little bit more of that acidity mm-hmm. to it, which I like but right. i still think that that i like the counterculture just just for how drinkable it was mm-hmm. you know which i'm okay with that i think it's good they're all good yeah yeah so far so good there's no snub no no shade <laughs> there's no shade growing here Steph. <laughs> unlike the day when we tried the taco coffee <laughs> yeah that i don't you know no bad reviews <laughs> no bad reviews of you Thank you. I got to stop reminding you of that. Yeah. You know, you know how to pick the winners. 
Oh, I love getting so caffeinated. These are great. So Dark Roast is the woman-owned company from San Francisco. Mm. We'll have to get some of their gesha up in here. Yeah, we'll make that a business <laughs> expense for sure. Yeah, we can we can afford one pound. Maybe. Can we can we? afford can I know. we get like three Mike, ounces. Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> Did right. you guys try this the one? Dark? The yeah. dark I haven't tried yet. Yeah, it's interesting for a dark roast. Hmm. I wonder too, like they're talking about it being perfectly brewed. However their brewing method is, I think that they're cutting out any bitterness in the coffee when they're brewing it. The body on this is really good. There's something there. Why isn't any of them bitter? I don't know. Something. Well, I mean, they're also like really great coffee roasters. So there's that. So. But I feel like even a dark roast, like I think that's what people like about a dark roast is that little hint of bitterness. I'd get the little hint of bitterness in this. Like, like a little hint. Kind of like ours, you know? Like, but it's not... But it's it still has it still has a lot of sweetness to it, and it's got some little, you know, dried fruit kind of deep, fruity aspects to it. I think it's a really good dark roast. Mm-hmm. It is a really good dark roast. Yeah. Yeah. This was a blend of two Ethiopians. You said. Yes, one is uh, washed and one is natural process. Interesting. Hmm. That's an interesting. Yeah. yeah. Love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea too. You could get, yeah. This my wheels are turning for you. I already got just enough shit on my plate. Just Stop. different ideas of like coffees we could do. Mm-mm. Like what if you had the same coffee from the same origin, one was washed, one was natural, and you blended them together. And then brewed it and froze it? Love this idea. <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did you get? That's great. <laughs> Sold. Well, I feel like it's important to always be learning. And, you know, if you find something that somebody's done that's like interesting or a good idea, I think it's, you know, good to consider how do you grow as a, you know... I've always had the idea of if I was going to do a blend, I'd like, I wanted to create like a certain type of experience, like a fruity, like strawberry forward coffee with like a chocolatey coffee and try and recreate like a chocolate covered strawberry or Ooh, something like I that. I love this idea. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of where my head was at. And you could get there with like this Ethiopian, I think, you know, you can get some fruit forward coffees and still some chocolate forward coffees and end up with something really quite nice. Um, I, I know you fucking hate, hate that. I know fucking hate that. We're having a nice episode and now we're gonna plug in the K cup machine and ruin Marcus's whole day. Are there is there any like hot water left maybe? Yeah, I'm gonna use hot water. There we go. Then we don't need to brew it twice. And just be disappointed twice. Which kind are we gonna Which which was the favorite Let's do the hologram. Yeah. That was the best. Which one are we going to sacrifice? Because none of us believe this experiment's going to work. <laughs> I'm worried, actually, if we want to make predictions about what might happen. I think that water is going to try to go through the pod. It's going to get stuck up on the ice, and it's just going to, like, flow back and make a mess all over your table. That's, that's kinda, my prediction. That's my prediction, too. Yeah. I'm like, how is it possibly? Because the, the puncher's got to punch all the way through it, right? Well, I don't think it punches all the way through. I think it just punches a hole to... But it has to go all the way through. The, the coffee has to go somewhere. Oh, you're right. The dark's not bad. Um, I'm just going to be more critical of the dark because that's the one that I should like best, and I don't. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. no, I like that hologram better. Yeah, is it too fruity for you, the dark? Or is it not? Does it not have enough oomph? There's, yeah, there's something about it that that's just, like, thin. There's not... Mm. There's not enough something. Interesting. So would you add cream or sugar or whiskey to that? I wouldn't. Oh, I should have added some whiskey. It's too late now. It'll Are be you half ready, and guys? half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All yes. right. Are you ready for the K-Cup? Oh, my gosh. This is very exciting. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Okay. I figured it out. It doesn't say brew. It's just a circle. How okay. am I supposed to know it's not decoration? It's the only button on the entire thing, though. <laughs> There's a power button <laughs> and, and a strong blinking, button. And the button was blinking at you like, that's me. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you I'm not smart? You're so smart, Jenny. You are, Jenny. You're just, I'm just kidding. Technology uh, that gives I'm just you kidding, trouble. Yeah. It's. I don't like things outside of how they're supposed to be. So Nothing is happening. Maybe it's pronounced cometer. Cometer. Like rocket Com- ship. Cometer. Cometeer. Cometeer. Comet. Like a, somebody who's riding on a comet. Right. Cometeer. Cometeer. Everything's gonna... frozen in space, right? Yeah. Wait, listen. <gasps> oh my god, it's actually working. It's so fucking thick. Why does it look so thick? This is strange because it's fucking not a real K cup. This is amazing that it's working, though. I am shocked. I am shocked, too. I expected there to be, like, coffee spilling out all over the place. All right, so this has elevated. If you're a K-cup drinker, this might be for you. Yeah, seriously, if you're stuck with shitty coffee at work, here we go. Yeah, I, I there's do your think use there's, case. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that this is perfect for the K-cup person. For sure. This is the best K-cup I've ever seen brewed. That's... <laughs> Definitely the best tasting cake up I've ever had. You know what? Green Mountain could really take a lesson from these people that they've invested in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why isn't cake? You know what? If why don't they just like add instant coffee to their cake cup pods? Oh, that's hilarious! Right? Duh! That'd be so funny. <laughs> you know what? Cut that, Marcus, because I'm gonna go try to sell it to Green Mountain. <laughs> yeah, put instant inside of a little container. Sure. Oh, my God. I can't believe that worked. It did. It worked. And it looks like a good cup of coffee. Here, I'll let you guys try some. My prediction is it's going to taste exactly the same (laughs) because it's not brewed. I do like the idea of these for um, an iced coffee, though. Oh, yeah. I I really like like iced coffee in the summer. Mm -hmm. I like it as as the idea of an iced coffee, for sure. Sorry, Marcus. I didn't leave you much. I didn't intend to pour that much, but now I did. Tastes the same? Because it, it's exactly the same. It's just yeah. administered. I think the water way. ratio, like, I don't know if the full eight ounces was in there because it tastes a little more concentrated. Mm. I mean, I filled it up to the eight yeah. ounce mark. Yeah. It yeah. is so hot. Well, I poured hot water in to start. Mm. Brewing with hot water helps. Anyways, yeah. I mean, as a K-cup, this was fucking amazing. Solid. Solid upgrade. Solid upgrade for the K-cup. Yeah. I am, like, kind of blown away after... All the fucking struggle bus we've had with the K-Cup <laughs> machine. This is legitimately, like, life-changing K-Cup experience. This is life-changing. weird. It's weird to be so impressed with this ridiculous gimmicky idea. All of it. I mean, a K-Cup machine is a ridiculous gimmicky idea. But yeah. it only to me, I'm only impressed with it as a K-Cup. Yeah, I feel Everything like... Everything else, I'm like, meh. Right. Putting this in the K-cup, to me, solves the K-cup problem, mm-hmm. right? I'm, right. like, so convinced that this is so awesome in the K-cup. I am now picturing in my mind what it would be like to have a K-cup machine on my counter and then just a subscription for Cometeer. <laughs> I mean, it's so, that easy to just throw a K-cup in and press the button. And then, like... I literally have no work to do. Not there was no opening yeah. the packages, no heating the water on the water boiler or whatever. Like all of that is such a pain in the ass. I'm just going to make myself a pour over. But the convenience of a K-cup machine with this coffee, K-cup needs to invest a little more in all of their K-cups. 
I, I just can't. I cannot believe that Jenny is making an argument for K-cup machines right now. It's blowing. I'm well because it's, it's literally just a <laughs> it's just a vehicle to heat water right. and pass it through the cup and into my cup. It's not brewing it. It's just heating water. Mm-hmm. Right. That is like the legitimate only time I think a K-cup machine. Yeah. And I feel like without sense. the K-cup, like this on its own, if I'm a specialty coffee drinker, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if I don't have the K-cup, this is inconvenient. Yeah. If I have a K-cup brewer. And I'm a specialty coffee drinker, which why would I have, you know, have right. that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the the Cometeer pods solve the K-cup problem and the K-cup solves the Cometeer problem. Like the two are good together. Yeah, wow. they're great together. Yeah. But standalone fuck each. Fuck them both. Yeah, yeah. fuck them both. <laughs> right. The only context that it works is if you are a fan of both. I would say, though, I just looked at the cost of a K-cup and a K-cup's only about a dollar a piece. So you're still going to be about... $2 bougie. Yeah. But yeah, it's but, worth it. I mean, you're spending $1 on something that's absolute garbage. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spending a dollar more for the convenience. Now, like, K-Cup makes sense in that context to me. So if that's if that's what it takes, like, then I'm willing to go there. Yeah. These but two, I have to buy a K-Cup machine. The, these two are perfect for each other. Yeah. Makes sense. So mind blowing to sit here and listen to you guys talk about how great cake up machines well, are. I love this day. It's a bizarre backwards day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> how about yeah. it? It's <laughs> this this kid from Wooster or whatever fuck you know Glooster. <laughs> Glooster. <laughs> Figured it out. <sighs> this coffee's wicked awesome. There is. That is. I think so. Is that what they say in Boston? Mm-hmm. Boston, tell us. What do you say there? <laughs> so they say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So who is okay. this coffee for, Jenny? Th- this coffee is 100% for the K-cup drinker who doesn't want shitty coffee. Yep. I wonder if that Venn diagram... Like, <laughs> it's for those it's seven kinda, people in the middle of that yeah. diagram. Yeah, it's almost making me want to get a real K cup, a full size K cup maker, and a bunch of Cometeer K cups. It turns K cup into a viable option, mm-hmm. I think, to get decent coffee. I so also sure. want to. I also do want to stick to my. If you ride the rails, this coffee's for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can take it on an airplane too. Apparently, the TSA is totally cool with these little, cool little pods. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Good. Well, then, uh, is that our episode? I think that's our episode. That if you fun. guys are like pro K cup, then I think we've maybe we're done with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I just am... say that I have pulled my K cup machine out of the garbage <laughs> just because of coming here. Uh. Wow. I know. High praise. If you don't have a K-cup maker and you're into specialty coffee, and that's why you don't have a K-cup maker, <laughs> and you're, you're, planning a, you're planning to travel, you could maybe get these. Yeah, there's some context. There's like, if you don't have a K-cup maker, though, this doesn't make sense to me. It's too much work. Yeah. It's too complicated. Right. The coffee was all really good, though. The coffee cool. was all good. Yeah. yeah. Good job, George Howell. Right. Figuring that out. Yep. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, actually, please go follow us on social media because we put up lots of great photos and things like that from our episodes and of our products. Um, that's at No Bad Reviews Pod on the social media places. Send us an email, hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. 
If you see a coffee or you know of a coffee that you'd like to hear about us try, we have a running spreadsheet. So feel free to send those in. And thank you to everybody who has sent in ideas. Um, be assured that your ideas are on there for a future episode. Um, and if you see me downtown handing out flyers, downtown Chicago, mm-hmm. like, say hi. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you see Marcus in his bright green getup, you cannot <laughs> miss him. If you see him... Um, Maybe Marcus should bring some prizes or something. <laughs> okay, we're going to figure out some sort of a prize. And if you see Marcus and you recognize him, I don't know what it is, but you're going to get a prize. Yeah. So it's going to be a surprise prize. I can't wait for prize. us to get those banana hammocks, and I will be downtown <laughs> just in that. Oh, that'll be so good. And that flyers. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, that's one sure way to get something. So thank you, everybody, for listening. You're the best. Um, please tell a friend about our podcast. If you like it, that is. If you don't like it, still tell then a friend. Then tell your enemies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, have a great week, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.